It is that time for the Zest Wellness Podcast. Before we begin this podcast episode, just wanted to highlight the other virtual Zest Wellness offerings, which include the Zest Wellness blog, webinars, newsletter, social media, as well as the Zest Wellness platform powered by Virgin Pulse. For this episode of the podcast, one of our Zest Wellness team members, the very special Katie Titterton, interviews a guest named Maxine Outerbridge. This one was a very refreshing episode because Maxine talked about her own experiences and it's through that which us, the listeners, can learn lessons from especially in times of uncertainty and change for our wellness. One of the most beautiful parts of this episode was how Maxine talks about the power of moments. And in fact, we are all different. So really looking at wellness from that holistic perspective and an appreciation to Katie for guiding this conversation in a very organic manner. Because we know our guest Maxine is definitely someone who is no stranger to public speaking or advocacy. Some high level topics which Katie and Maxine cover in the episode include the impact of isolation on the human psyche connecting virtually, as well as how we can all move forward in the new normal. So with that said, here's our podcast episode with Katie and Maxine. Well, Maxine, welcome to the Zest Wellness Podcast. Um, We're going to talk today about connecting while staying socially distant Um, And I'm so excited to have you here, Maxine. So if you want to just tell me a little bit about yourself and about your background in wellness, that would be awesome for our listeners. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, Super relevant topic for me and, you know, a lot of people in my life. Um, So just totally on, on point to to speak about this. Um, just a bit of background on myself. Um, uh, so I, you know, it's, it's funny because professionally I'm, it's really black and white. I'm an auditor <laughs> and I've had a finance role, um, all of my, all of my career, but, um, kind of through, I guess, uh, an intense level of burnout and anxiety and depression, um, went into this wellness role that I've kind of like to adopt. And, um, it's, it's something I like to do as kind of a side thing or hobby. Um, but, uh, I've been on what I call a self-healing, uh, journey for the last two and a half years. And it's been, it's been amazing. And I do a lot of speaking, 
public speaking um, workshops, things of that nature, podcasts, whatever I can to spread the word about mental health, especially self-love and just overall general wellness and healing. So, um, so really excited to be here. Amazing. Thank you for that. A two and a half year journey. Sure. That's awesome. And I love that you say it's a yeah. journey, not, not that you've spent two and a half years and now you've arrived, you know, it's, it's kind of never ending, right? Um, so it yeah, really cool. it, I don't think uh, there's, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll ever arrive. There isn't a spot to arrive at, but, um, and then on that journey, things have changed and, and goals have changed and, um, progress has been different than what I expected. So it's, it's always going to be a journey. Yes, absolutely. Well said. All right. Well, let's jump into our topic here. So the first thing we're going to talk about is your experience with isolation, with shelter in place. Um, so just for our listeners, Maxine and I are both um, in Bermuda. So we've kind of had the same experience in terms of our isolation period. Um, but Maxine, I wanted to get your in- input on the impact that um, isolation had on you and your family um, and what you think the impacts are on the human psyche for, of isolation. Definitely. So just to give the listeners some background on me, um, so I am originally from New York City, and and I recently moved back to Bermuda. I have ties to Bermuda and was previously in Bermuda, but I made a big move back, back at the end of 2019 in November. So that just to put in perspective on, like, personally for me, what I was going through, and I think that's important when we talk about how the lockdown affected different people, because it really mattered what was going on in their life at that time. So I just went through this big multi, you know, move from one country to another at the end of 2019 ahead of you know, pandemic and lockdown. I am also a single mother of two children, one of whom is 12 and dealing with the stress of moving at that age, if you can imagine with, you know, (laughs) teens, preteen, that was really tough. So dealing with that and then also having a seven-year-old who um, suffers with ADHD, dyslexia and sensory issues. So just to kind of lay the land for everyone as to what I was kind of dealing with ahead of the pandemic. And then the pandemic happens Um, And then we went into lockdown. So for me, um, was grateful, grateful in one sense that I was in Bermuda and not in New York City, where where I'm originally from. And it was kind of the hub in March. And it was, you know, a pretty hellish environment. But um, to go into what we had here, which was different in New York, which was a 24 hour lockdown down in Bermuda. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of countries and other places didn't have that. They had a curfew or something like that. But we were literally locked in our houses <laughs> and um, we were allowed <laughs> to leave for a month. We were allowed to leave one hour a day for um, exercise. It couldn't go more than half a mile from your house and it had to be, it couldn't be in certain locations either. So just to give people perspective, we were literally locked in an hour a day we could leave and then certain days we could leave to go get groceries. So I'm stuck in a house with two children and by myself, no other adult. Um, the first, I would say the first two weeks were the, were really, really tough for me. Um, and I experienced like even like claustrophobia in my own home. Um, I, I, it was really intense anxiety from trying to manage um, the work, my workload. And then this new thing with virtual learning and even more so doing virtual learning with a child with special needs. So I really struggled the first two weeks and had a lot of panic attacks. Um, My children were fighting each other a lot, getting on each other's nerves. Um, they were eating up all our food, you know, forgetting that we have to make it last because we can't just go on, you know, X day when it when it runs out, you've got to wait 
to your designated day. So a lot of spiked anxiety, very, very heavy um, just moods that I had. And I would say the first two weeks is, and then I made a kind of a, a twist at some point and realized I'm not going to do well if I keep this up. Um, and in fact, the first week I actually needed double therapy. I needed to, I had like, an, I actually texted my, uh, my therapist and said, I need an emergency meeting because I'm not doing well. So that was the first, the first week was the toughest. The second week was got, got better. And then I realized I have to do something because I can't take it like this. So that's what it was like for me initially until I realized I need to start putting some coping mechanisms here to to sustain myself for the rest of the lockdowns. Wow. Um, first of all, I just have to say to you, um, you know, congratulations on, on being so in tune with yourself and knowing that, Hey, I'm not doing okay. I need to reach out to someone for help. Um, yeah. that can be such a huge step for people, um, to, to do that. So huge shout out for you there on being empowered to take your own wellness in, in your own hands. That's amazing. Um, were there any Thank other you. strategies that you were using to kind of mitigate the stress and the isolation you were feeling? I mean, you're coming from a whole yeah. different country and now you're stuck in your, in your home with both your kids, you know, like what, what yeah. other things were you doing to kind of to sure. help that for yourself and your children? Yeah. So, so like I said, I, you know, I was already dealing with an, an intense experience. I think they say moving is like one of the most stressful experiences anyone can go through. And then to do it alone <laughs> and mm -hmm. to do it, uh, you know, from another, from one country to another. So it's not like town to town or state to state. So I was already under quite, quite a, a high level of stress, um, as it was. So I, like I said, around the second week, I realized this is not working. I can't, do this anymore. And I, I had a moment where I almost like kind of snapped on one of my kids and not in a, like a, a really like abusive way. I just really like kind of yelled louder than I used usually do. And I was really almost in his face kind of. And, and it, it was a, it was in a, um, it was a really eye-opening experience when I looked and saw how shooken up he was. And I said to myself, I, I can't do this anymore. In fact, that day I locked, I kind of locked myself in the room because I was so almost worried like what I would do to him because I was so, I just was enraged with frustration and anger and he was the only one there to take it out on. So it was a, a scary moment for me. And, um, and that's when I realized that was the, the day I made the emergency, the emergency text to, to the, the therapist and said, we need to have a second, you know, we already had our weekly one and I said, I need another one. And, um, so that was kind of the breakthrough, I think, talking to her and having, that was obviously FaceTime. Um, and we talked through some, some things that I was going through and, and, and I had this like aha moment where I needed to just let go. Right. So the first thing I had to do was let go of the, the control of the virtual learning and the work. And I realized I'm one person with two hands and I can't manage it all. So I started to just prioritize and be transparent with my boss and say, Hey, like I'm struggling. I have the mornings are really tough for me because I've got the virtual classes. It really drops off in the afternoons. So just letting you know, like the morning, I'm really going to be like not attentive for work. And then, and then likewise with the, with the teachers, I'd say, you know, I can't, I just can't be in two places at once. I have a really important call at one o'clock when, when Jaden has X, you know, class, he's going to miss it. So like just getting over the fact that my son's going to miss a class, you know, like he doesn't have to be in attendance at every class. So it was just this final aha moment of I've got to let go. And, and I've, so that was the first thing that was like a mental, mental, 
mental uh, happening for me. But also, I started to go into different physical things. So I realized the exercise one hour a day was extremely helpful for me. But then being outside, it did something to me. And there's like studies about like nature and how it impacts your mental health. So I literally started to change my workstation to outside. And I have like a little patio. And I would literally spend the entire day there. And I could hear my kids yelling, arguing, and, like, and I didn't care. I said, you know what, I'm just going to spend the entire day there. It's the darkest I've ever been because I whole entire body up. I was just in the sun the entire day. <laughs> um, but I, would, I, I said to myself, I'm going to stay here, planted. I set up you know, the food and lunch and stuff. And I'm like, mom's going outside and she's going to be outside. And I was outside from like one to like six. And that was it. Like I, and I would not move. And, and that's just what I would do with my music and other things that I did, meditation out there. But it was just, I, I had to just completely relocate my work and, and functional environment. Um, yeah, so so those were another th- a few things outside of also, I did some writing, some reading, and then I tried to inject fun as much as I could. I remember mm-hmm. having this really gnarly Nerf gun battle with my kids, <laughs> and I used <laughs> I it that. as the, the opportunity to like act. No, yeah, and, and let me tell you, I let out my frustration on my children and how I felt about being locked up with them in the Nerf yeah. gun battle. Release some steam. It and it was, and it, yeah. So, you know, there was a physical and both mental strategies that I had to use, but there was this, there was a real like kind of uh, rock bottom I had in the middle of the lockdown. I'm like, this cannot sustain itself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Those are so many good things that you did to kind of um, work on yourself and for your children. Like, you know, just, just communicating with your, with your manager and your boss to say, you know, I've got to be realistic with what's happening right now is, is a pretty big one. Um, and you know, and letting go of what you can't control, that's so tough for people. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are not realizing that this is whole thing. has been such a growth experience for, for many of us. Um, because we've all had to let go of things that we can't control in this scenario. Mm. Um, you know, like you're saying, you're, you're literally stuck at home and you've got to be a teacher. You've got to be a good colleague. You've got to be a mother. You've got to be their friend. Like, it's just, you gotta let go of some of it at some point. Right. Um, and yeah. mostly I, I love that Nerf gun battle. <laughs> <laughs> that is too yeah, funny. It was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty epic. And I'd say I, I, I won that one pretty well. Um, but uh, and a few other things I wanted to mention around kind of the mental, epiphanies that I had um Mm -hmm. I stopped checking the daily numbers like I was like checking every day the coronavirus numbers and they have like a listing by country and I was like obsessing over it and Mm -hmm. I also realized during lockdown I can't do this anymore so I stopped checking the tolls of the you know the numbers and um and also had like really kid-friendly appropriate conversations with them to talk them through what's going on but like not watching the news and watching social media, like, you know, to scare my kids as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And another thing I had to let go was, you know, obsessing over whether the kids were doing too much electronics and like, oh, they need to go outside because what's going to happen if they're vegging all day. So that was another letting go. Just like, you know what, we're all stuck in here. Let let them be. If they, like, if this one is on the computer all day long, it is what it is. Like, we're in the house. Yeah. So there was, there was so many different things I had to totally just let go of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone was just trying to get through it in the best way possible, right? 
Um, exactly. And I also love that you you got yourself outside too. I'm a firm believer. My team all knows this about me, but I think nature is so healing. Um, and that was one of my favorite things during shelter in place was I'm lucky enough to be next to a golf course and walking the golf course every day mm. was one of the most um, important things that I did um, for my own personal mental health. So outdoors is healing people get out there if you haven't yet today. Um, yeah, exactly. So you and I kind of had a pre-discussion on this one and it's kind of funny that we both arrived at the same conclusion, but during shelter in place and, you know, all these different phases around the world of reopenings of economies, um, lots of virtual connection like apps and platforms kind of came to light. So we had things like house party and, you know, Zoom happy hours, um, FaceTime, things like that. Um, what did you think about the Zoom happy hour kind of scenario? And, and did you enjoy connecting that way? Like, did you enjoy connecting virtually? What did you think about it? I absolutely hated every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, that's the, and the crazy thing is, like, I'm such a, like, outgoing social person. So it didn't, I didn't know that, I, like, I didn't realize it was, there's different mechanisms for that. And that virtual, I'm just not this, like, social person. And so... You know, the first, I think the first week we're on lockdown, everyone was just so excited, like not excited, but like trying to, you know, trans transfer their social life virtually. And so you just got like bombarded with like Zoom birthday parties and Zoom workouts and, and, you know, everyone's hitting you up like, oh, you're doing this and that. And, and you're like trying to also just comprehend the fact that you're in the house and this pandemic's going on. So I was attempting to make do with these things. And I remember initially realizing this isn't work for me. So I was like uh, invited to a Zoom birthday party. There was about 25 people on there. So it's awkward because you don't even know some of these people and they're Mm -hmm. all staring at each other. And then they're trying to do games. And that's weird because you don't, you've got to know, you know, get to know them first. And some of these games are like very intimate type things and then to take a shot you know and for and and it's like okay but then after we like log off we're all like hung hung out hung over in our own homes by ourselves like it was just a very weird thing to me and it did it It was the the drinking especially um, it's funny that you say that so weird because you're you're drinking virtually with people but you're all in your own environment and then you're all leaving each other and you're like what what just happened now i'm alone again it wasn't (laughs) like it's so strange yeah i had like it didn't work because yeah, I'm sitting on my bed and we've got the Zoom party and you're taking shot after shot, but you're sitting with the laptop and you don't realize so that it's over and you stand up and you're like all and you're like okay, so it just it just didn't it honestly for me it just didn't work for me and I had to at some point realize. I, I don't enjoy doing this. And this is not actually making this experience better for me. It's making me more anxious because yeah. now I've got to like have this weird social anxiety about going on virtual when, you know, I don't even know these people. I don't, it just mm-hmm. didn't work for, or I'm not happy. I'm not happy right now. So I can't engage in these upbeat conversations. So what I did find that I did enjoy was my once or twice a week FaceTimes with my dad. 
you know, mm-hmm. I'm very close mm-hmm. with my father and, you know, I, the move itself was a lot for us, but we didn't, we never saw this coming and there was always plans to travel quite a lot and see each other. Um, New York to Bermuda is a, a pretty quick flight. So this was the longest in my entire life I went without seeing my dad and it was painful for us. So the weekly, those, those connections were like really true and meaningful and and getting me through it. So that I valued. And then at some point I would just tell my friends, you know, I don't, this is not for me. So I'm not going to do that Zoom yoga class. Like I really don't mm-hmm. want to be in it. So, um, so I actually didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. I, I have to echo your experience. Um, you know, you, you mentioned something about transferring. Everyone was transferring their life virtually. And that I haven't heard that put that way before, but that's exactly it. It's like we went one day from seeing each other in a physical capacity to doing everything on the computer and You know, for me, I'm someone who gets social anxiety going to a place. So having it virtual, it's like I'm getting the social Mm. anxiety, but without any of the benefits of going to the place. So, you know, you go somewhere (laughs) and you say you've got a beautiful view and a nice cocktail. And, you know, I really did enjoy my conversation with this friend. Um, So the anxiety just kind of washes away. Right. But with the virtual, I felt like the anxiety just stuck with me the whole time. And then afterwards, you'd hang up and be like, oh, my God, was I all right? Did I look okay on camera? You know, and you get this, like, other, <laughs> like, layer yeah. of anxiety from it. Um, but similar to you, no, I, heard, I found that I've it kind of went from... the flip side of it. Sorry, I was going to say, it went from me from quantity over to quality. So, like, my family, we had weekly... That's right. Weekly, um, like, WhatsApp video chats as well. And those got, like, so great. Um, and we were showing each other yes. our little lockdown gardens and showing each other our baked goods and things. Um, so it really <laughs> went like to quality over quantity in the end. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard the flip side of it, um, because there's some people who are very introverted and like, you know, like to be to themselves and they actually, some of them enjoyed this, you know, it was like, they didn't have to go places they don't like to go and, you know, get dressed or like leave their house or whatever it is that they don't really like to do. So I think it depends on, in the end, it depended on like who you are and it could have, I think these things could have been very meaningful and maybe even for people who felt that they couldn't have a social life before, maybe during the pandemic, they're learning that they could be more social in a way that's comfortable for them. So I think Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, in some instances it was a, it was a positive discovery for people, but for me, it, you know, it didn't work out. And I just realized like this whole virtual thing is not, is not for me, which is, is interesting. Cause it's kind of the going to be the new normal. Like even after we go back to a more physical um, connectivity, I think mm-hmm. the idea of the world becoming more virtual is not going to go away. So it's like, it was a very interesting thing for me to come to, you know, come to terms with. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It's so funny that we we're on like the exact same page with that, that we just did not um, enjoy it at all. But the positive for me, I have to say from all of that is that I realized that you can say no to things. Like I, I started saying Mm -hmm. no to some of the happy hours and things that we were doing because they just didn't feel good. And all the time that we had in shelter in place was all this time to reflect on things that either weren't working for me on a personal level or that were, and that I was missing. So it kind of made me realize like, Hey, I need to be spending more time with my family. Like, you know, they're all getting older. No one's getting younger. Like those are the relationships that I've kind of realized about, like that I value um, over everything else, and to not worry about some of the other things that were dragging me down. So the reflection I, I yeah, found it, was it, was really great. Yeah, you know, for me, it actually also felt like another 
thing on my to-do list. So, mm-hmm. you know, anything that you may, it feels like you have to do it and it's work, you know, and it's, and it's supposed to be like social or fun like that. That's the red flag for me right there. And yeah. I think what was happening is there's this misconception that you're home. So life is easier, you know, and in fact, it made, I know on my end, it made the housework greater because every single day, you know, the kids are in the home making a mess every single day you're cooking. At one point we didn't, we couldn't even have, you know, we had no take, no, there was no takeout. So you literally had to cook food while you were in your home, even though mm-hmm. I think the grocery store was open or something, but there was no, the day we were allowed to leave to go get food, it was straight to the grocery store and back. You, there were restaurants, no takeout. So every day, three days, you know, three times a day, seven days a week, mm-hmm. you're making a meal for the, for the most part. For an you're, entire month. You're preparing, yeah. even if you're reheating food. Right. So I felt like my, my housework and the load, and I was more exhausted and more physically drained which is weird because you're just kind of in your home but so then to then have to somehow like log in at five five or six and it just it just became very like inconvenient um for Mm -hmm. me so yeah so overall I didn't I didn't I didn't find it to be very um enjoyable unfortunately yeah yeah (laughs) that's fair Mm -hmm. enough did you find that you um you found different ways to connect with those friends and family that did work for you um, I, no, <laughs> outside of the, 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 no, just, just text me, man. Just, it was just like, it, yeah. it was just text me. I'll get back to you when I can. Yeah. Or, um, you know, social media, every, everyone's uses usage went up in social media. So I think, um, I definitely did as well. So I think I was mm-hmm. more connected to what thing people were going through, looking back and being like, Hey, I didn't notice so-and-so got married or whatever. So you, you felt a little more com- connected because you were paying more attention to social media. Um, mm-hmm. and, and let me tell you with the virtual stuff, I mean, there was so many different options. There was virtual book clubs, um, virtual working class, workout classes, virtual play dates, um, you know, virtual concerts, web game nights with your family, and you could do web-based mm-hmm. games. So there was a ton of different options um, that we, that in that time span I had tried. And in the end, it was just those really important, meaningful conversations over video chat or text calls that really worked for me um, at the time. It, it wasn't really much more creative than that, that sustained me for that time being. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one of the funnest things mm-hmm. that we did, our Zest Wellness team, we did a Airbnb experience. Um, we did a virtual cocktail class, which was super fun. So all of us had our, our cameras on and we had a gentleman that taught us how to make cocktails. Um, and as far as team building, like it was pretty great because we we're all having a laugh. Everyone's kind of messing up every now and then. Um, and we were connected for this thing. But then again, Similar to what we were saying with the happy hours, we all logged off. We were like, whoa, that was a lot of gin. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you guys at 8 a.m. tomorrow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there's been definitely some creative creative ways to connect with others. Um, But I think, you know, like we've mentioned, it was kind of the quality over the quantity in the end. Um, And for me personally, like realizing who those people are that I want to be connecting with. Um, and not getting so bogged down with feeling like I have to connect with every single person I know. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you really that's... assessed your relationships at that point. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so Maxine, you are back in the office now. So can you tell yes. us a little yes, bit about how your return to work was? Was it 
a challenge? Were you like, yes, I'm out of the house? Were you, you know, how, how did it go for you? Um, yeah, so I think kind of how I've described my lockdown experience, um, it's probably no surprise that <laughs> I um, was super, super excited to get back to work. Honestly, that- I, uh, I have a really nice, I have a really nice work environment and I have a very supportive, flexible boss. Um, so that was th- what made it easy because you know, he was very understanding. When I came back, um, like, part-time, I did two days a week. And, you know, the schools were still virtual at that point. So um, he understood that, you know, it was not going to be five days a week, full days at the office. It was going to be a few hours here, a few hours there, or, uh, you know, half days um, or a few days a week. So, firstly, I it was a good return because I had the flexibility and understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's crucial and critical in that at that time. I, I think when everyone returned to work, it was more about like, how are you doing? Are you okay? You know what yeah. I mean? And that, that should have been like the first response. And luck, luckily for me, it was the first response, but you know, at home I didn't have a workstation. So I was working basically on my bed and, and coincidentally without realizing until recently, I developed like this, uh, this like kind of bent, bent neck spot. Like my, I kind of hunched over and actually it's very, almost like an injury from leaning over so much over into my laptop. Mm-hmm. So it's very uncomfortable, physical implications of, of being in that position. I didn't have a printer. I didn't have a scanner. So I kind of did like coming back to work because I mm-hmm. had all the access to things I needed, the double screens and <laughs> But what was strange was obviously the new COVID stuff. So, you know, here in, in our office, we have to wear masks uh, until we get to our desks. We have to be, um, we had to socially distance with, with our teams. We had to get our temperatures checked, you know, every day we come in. So, I mean, now I'm used to it, but at first it was kind of weird and just being afraid to touch anything in anywhere. So there was that kind of, you know, weird awkwardness at first. But I think um, for me, it was uh, a good experience to come back to the office and I'm still you know I'm still pretty much part-time um Mm -hmm. until about next week so yeah yeah it's wonderful that your your manager is understanding like that I think that's like you said probably the most important thing um communicating with your colleagues and understanding that we're all kind of still working through this and we're going to do our best um and that flexibility is so crucial um and trusting that you know you will get it done as you need to yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I think in the end, it's it still it go off just to realize the true impact that this pandemic has had on everyone's mental health, wellness, general overall wellness. But, you know, just from what we know so far, it's been pretty substantial. I know he, it wasn't my son. He had some, some very interesting symptoms outside of it. So, um, so, and we're still dealing with it. I mean, school being back to school is not even, it's, it's not even normal as well. Like there's mm-hmm. some things that, um, you know, no more after school, for example. So I, I'm still, even that's, that's going out till next June. So this impact of oh. the pandemic is well into 2021 for me and, and needing that understanding at work that this return to work is not going to, you know, it's going to be a while before it's back to how it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. but, but again, that's, that was part of also letting go of like, I'm an overachiever and realizing like, I'm not going to be able to do Monday through Friday, nine to five and, and pump out crazy productivity right now. So, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And have you found that it's been challenging to talk with colleagues about the pandemic and about, 
you know, some of your experiences or are you finding that they're kind of respectful of your experience or that people just don't want to talk about it at all? I mean, at this point, do we still want to talk about COVID? I think it, I know, I think, I think it, um, it depends. I've had a mixed experience. So first, firstly, you got to start with whether or not people believe this is even a real thing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've, I've been in touch with people who think this whole thing is a hoax and there's like no such thing. It's a, like a major controversy. Um, so there's that and, and, um, and like conspiracy theories and all that. So I, I, I've pretty much assessed who those people are and, and, and who, you know, they aren't. So that was interesting, just coming back and, you know, whether or not they believe this whole thing's a hoax and, you know, whether we should be doing any of these things. is um, Those were uh, uh, interesting and colorful conversations. But I think <laughs> I for can the imagine. most, I think for the most, yeah, yeah. I think for the most part in Bermuda, and if any listeners out there, you should Google because we're super proud of it. Our um, our COVID response is like top notch, like one of the top in the world. So I think generally speaking, most residents here are, um, you know, they take we've we've all taken it very seriously. So for the most part, I think you know everyone understands the the circumstances, and that's spilled over in work and in one wanting to make sure that, you know, we comply with not only the regulations in terms of, you know, shelter in place or, you know, whether or not certain offices could open or not. Like everyone was pretty much in line with let's just do what we got to do to keep Bermuda safe. And and in keeping Bermuda safe, it's complying with whatever we need. And if that impacts people's lives as a manager, as a colleague, like just let's all just get together and do what we got to do. So that's the I think overall general response, you know, I've gotten and, you know, mostly honestly talking to colleagues about how they handled, the, you know, the lockdown Um and feeling feeling seen definitely i think a lot of people were like struggling and i i know most people i talk to never want to hear the two words virtual learning ever again <laughs> together so that so that so that was nice um i i've only had about one colleague who had an absolutely amazing time and just was like loving it and wants to work from home for the rest of her life so um oh, besides that, that colleague you know, have kids it was it was or? a pretty yes yeah oh wow i don't know yeah, you always have exceptions to everything. So, um, yeah, but 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 I think there was a, a definite a definite kind of understanding that that we're all going through a tough time, and um, and we're just gonna just ri- ride it out together, whatever that mm-hmm. means and whatever that new structure is gonna be for teams and, and work environments. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind yeah. of conversations I've had. Yeah. Yeah, respecting the uh, the new normal, the, the favorite. Yes. I think new normal and pivot are like the phrases of 2020. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think, um, you know, in order to move forward, you've mentioned that you think um, that connecting virtually is going to be the theme for quite some time. What do you think for our listeners that you can give them to help them still feel connected to friends and family um, while staying, you know, socially distant? What are some things for them to, to keep in mind? Yeah. Um, well, I think for starters with, uh, with work and teams, um, you know, we, it just has shown in a lot of different ways that it is much more cost effective and sometimes more efficient for teams to be virtual. We're realizing like, you know, we didn't need to have that meeting, uh, that we usually are sitting in the room for hours 
just wait, you know, wasting a lot of time. So we've, I think we've come to terms with the fact that the, from a work perspective, like virtual is where we're going. So although people maybe hate the idea of doing like team building and things like that in general, that's always kind of awkward thing to do. Um, it's been proven to be helpful. And if you do, if you do it effectively and not some like cheesy, weird force thing, if you do it effectively with purpose, Team building mm-hmm. activities physically have been shown to boost morale and productivity and overall connectivity of a team. So I think going forward from a work perspective, trying to um, use the, that same model virtually. So thinking how do we, be, you know, if we're now all going to be virtual, you know, you know, I used to spend eight hours of my day with my colleagues joking around and laughing. Now the new normal is I'm not going to have that anymore. So mm-hmm. I think to, to the listeners that maybe are maybe just disappointed or worried about how is my boss going to see I'm working hard and how my, you know, my morale with, with respect to my productivity to not be worried because there are ways to still connect virtually. There's the virtual team building activities. There's tons of them. You could just Google them to keep the team going. And in that way, um, and I think if you're a manager, if you're in a management position, that you should you should take advantage of that and realize now my team's virtual and I need to keep us um, connected. So that's from mm-hmm. like a work perspective. But I think more in line like what we were saying um, with respect to uh, the virtual activities, just just being authentic with. So thinking about the relationships that are meaningful and being in touch with what you really, what really is, you know, part of your spirit and your soul, what, what activities out there really speak to you and not trying to be in everything and and everywhere, but asking yourself, what is really hitting my soul right now? And if Mm -hmm. that's, you know, reading or writing, then maybe a virtual book club for you. If it's, you know, if spirituality and faith is something that was really important to you and you feel lost because you don't have it, maybe a virtual church or something like that. So just trying to hone in on what really truly matters and what we're meaning for relationships and then trying to find a virtual outlet because there's just about one for every single thing. Um, Absolutely. And, you can, and, if, and if there was people that you used to connect with in those forums, then to bring them in as well. And, you know, in some parts of the world, it doesn't necessarily have to just be virtual, but this idea of maybe social distancing, uh, I mean, uh, practicing social distancing in a social setting is going to be the new norm. And, you know, there's, there's, there's so many funny videos out of like, um, neighbors meeting up, but they're like setting up in the, in the yard, but they're not near each other. And they're just like, <laughs> you know, and they're having a chat, yeah. and like, but that's what they had, but that's what they had to do. Too, you know, at that time, but they're six feet apart and they're still speaking to each other or something of that nature. So being creative with figuring out um, how, how, and, and especially if maybe there's a new spike in certain parts of the world and now you're worried about being close to people, even though you're not restricted, like right from a regulatory perspective, but, you know, wanting to still be socially distant and feel connected to people being because, you know, isolation has proven to have really negative implications on people's mental health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I, I know the idea of isolating again is, could be really scary for people. So I think that would be my advice. Um, you know, just just do what you can and, and don't overextend yourself and do things that are authentic and meaningful to you. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with all that. Um, and the last, the last question I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, kind of relating back to that moment where you locked yourself in your room and you thought, okay, I need to call my, call my therapist now. What's some advice you can give to someone who is maybe going through a moment like that? Um, you know, say we're looking at a second lockdown or someone maybe has lost their job or they're still homeschooling or 
just having like a really dark moment, what's some advice you can give to someone to empower them to take their wellness in their own hands? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I would say that, uh, first and foremost, you've got to, especially, you know, if you're, uh, if you have children, a lot of times we put ourselves on the bottom totem pole and don't think about self-care and our own, uh, having a regular self-care routine as being necessary. But in the end, what I realized is when, if I'm not well, then my kids can't be well either. And so having, um, generally speaking, whether we're in lockdown or not, we, it's really important that you develop some kind of um, routine self-care practices, especially ones that help you regulate yourself. So, you know, in, in that instance, you know, I needed to do several different things to de-escalate and regulate my own, um, you know, anxiety and stress level. Um, I, breathing techniques was one of them. Um, you know, walking away from the situation at that time was really critical, um, Meditation was really important. So just figuring out what are the different in the, a moment of maybe conflict or, or escalated tension, making sure that you find the different techniques to regulate yourself. But realizing that in my in my instance, I had kind of let go let go of my own self care, and, and it wasn't you know something I was practicing routinely. And had I done it, it would have been a daily outlet to let go of stress and anxiety, but it was building up within me. Mm -hmm. And so it's really critical and important that you're taking care of your health. There's a huge connection between your, you know, your physical and psychological and emotional, it's all connected. So, you know, whether that be working out, whether that be your diet, like just thinking about all of those different things and how it connects to a moment of stress and how you handle that moment of stress. Um, so that's what I would say to, to anyone who's maybe in that kind of environment um, and, and, or even where you fear that, you know, a, a lockdown is coming, uh, there, there's plenty of different things that tools that you can use coping mechanisms that you can use to regulate yourself, but it's really, truly important to do that. Very, very well said. Um, I am a huge proponent of health, of self-care. You know, it's that old adage of being on an airplane and you put on your mask first before you can help others. Um, exactly. and that's very much what self-care is, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you've got to look out for yourself first, um, however that yeah. looks. Yeah. As you know, it's very different for every single individual. Um, but it's just so crucial. And in a time like this with heightened stress, heightened anxiety, um, you know, you turn on the news and I don't know if there are any good news stories on the U.S. news sites right <laughs> now. Um, and when you're being, you know, that's the stimulation you're getting every day. Like, it's just so important to look out for your, your mental well-being. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned uh, self-care. <laughs> you know, I, I think thank you. a lot of people don't think about, um, self-talk as, you know, relevant in any sense, but what, in my journey, I realized it's almost the single source of, of everything of my, of my recovery and just my general well-being. So, um, really want to ask all the listeners to pay attention currently to their self-talk and, and then, you know, work to change that into, if, if it is negative, into a positive, um, direction, because, you know, a lot of times it's like what we're saying to ourselves 
and how we're talking to ourselves and the, 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 we put more stress and, and hardship on our own selves just by thinking, you know, judging and all these things. So at the time I was feeling that and I'm downing myself. So it was an escalation of a lot of the negative self-talk that I was, you know, bringing on to myself and then how I deal with every situation. So, you know, and then when you, and then that, that same thing is important for as a coping mechanism. So when you're say going through a tough situation, talking yourself out of it, being your own support system, calming your own self down, self-talk is, is critical. So, you know, for me, I realized that when I was having these little meltdowns or breakdowns, I needed to, there was no one else in the house. It was just me, you know, and my two children. I'm like, we've got to get through this and I've got to talk to myself and I've got to love myself and support myself because no one else is here to do that. And, you mm-hmm. know, these children need a healthy mom right now. So, um, so while we're all going through this, just pay attention to how you, you know, how you're talking to yourself and what you're saying to yourself and, and how how to turn that around, even even as hard it, as it may be for you, to a positive perspective. Um, I would say is my final advice on that one. Kudos to you, girl. Um, you've taken a, <laughs> a really difficult situation, and and look what you've done with it. You're giving all this this wonderful advice to others um, who may be going through a similar time. So I think that's yeah. amazing that you're Thank you know you. how you. how your reflection of the situation has has determined your your outlook right now. Um, is there anything else that you want to give to our listeners before we wrap it up? Um, no, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. You know, I just, uh, just think this, this, this conversation is really important. Um, you know, one thing I didn't mention, you know, was around, uh, experience I had with my son. Um, and you know, it was really eye opening for me as a parent, because I just, like I said, I know that studies are going to come soon and there's going to be so much about what this did to the world and what it did to people. But, you know, when, when I was in isolation, my, my son, he developed a pretty severe case of, um, anxiety, uh, separation anxiety, but also he didn't, after lockdown, he didn't want to leave the house. I was like, almost like a bizarre, like Stockholm syndrome kind of thing where he didn't want to leave the place of captivity and would have full blown panic attacks when we left the house. So if anyone out there was experiencing that and maybe felt like confused as to, you know, what was, what is this about? You know, my son went through that as well. So there's just so many implications for, for isolation. And that's why I thank you for bringing this topic up because it really does have a huge effect on human, our human psyche. And, you know, and I can say as a parent to a child who went through that, um, and it took a while. I mean, he's only just recently coming around. He, we first had to deal with getting him out the house. I mean, literally what one didn't want to go in the car, didn't want to leave the house, was just terrified. Um, mm-hmm. and then once we got through that, the next stage was separation anxiety for me. And he's almost eight. He's not, he's not a toddler or baby. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he couldn't leave my side. So just very, you know, just unusual circumstances that, that we had to deal with as a family. Um, so if anyone's feeling that, you know, just understand that this is happening to a lot of people and this, this, this pandemic is, is truly, truly affecting a lot of people's overall well-being and mental health. So, but I thank you for the topic and it's been a pleasure to talk about it with you. Oh, you are more than welcome. Um, and I've got to say, I, I understand kind of what you're saying there. I know me personally, I had a hard time um, feeling safe going back into the world when we were allowed to do so as well. But I'm an adult and I can verbalize that. So for children, mm. and especially one with, um, you know, a, a, a learning disorder, like it's hard to verbalize these things. So, you know, that's even more of a challenge. Like I can say to exactly. you right now, I was a bit nervous to go to the grocery store because of COVID, but 
but you yeah, know, he, he's verbalizing that to you is, is a challenge for him. So I think that's, um, you know, going to be something that, that arises in the next few months as well. And you know what, um, but I'm glad to hear he's feeling better. <laughs> oh yes, yes, thank you. And Good. you know that actually brought up a different thought for me when you thought when you were talking about you know struggling to communicate what you're going through. Just also when we're talking about connecting virtually, keeping in mind that there's so many people that were impacted in almost life changing ways from the pandemic. People, I know people lost their jobs. You know they were in domestic violence situations at home. You know didn't have access to uh, mental health services. Uh, you know, caught the virus, lost family members. I lost a family member. So just to be cognizant of the fact that you know when you want to have all these virtual events, and you know if if, if anyone isn't you know wanting to respond or you know, you know, doesn't want to go to your invite, take your invite, maybe just think about for a second, have some compassion and think maybe this is, there's something else going on with them that this pandemic could have affected them in so many different ways. And let's all just be compassionate with each other. You know, I know that's what I had to do. I, I didn't, I, at some point I said, you know, I can't do it. I can't attend your things. And I didn't, I didn't need to give an explanation, but I knew the explanation and just thinking like, let's just be compassionate while we're all trying to connect virtually, realize that people are going to do what they can and, and some of them are dealing with with you know loss of income and a lot of different things and maybe just aren't in the mood for you you know the this sip and tea wine zoom thing for today so <laughs> yeah. you know so just keep yeah keeping absolutely. That in mind. but um yeah definitely. i think empathy and compassion are are definitely the way forward for this because like you said everyone's got a different everyone's in a different pair of shoes in terms of covid and and what their covid experience has been and like you said, you know, some of them have lost jobs or have had reduced incomes or have lost family members. And it's just so important to, to not, you know, compare your experience with someone else's, but to be open. And also with the way that you're talking about it as well, because you could say something yeah. that demeans their experience. So to just kind of come from it from, exactly. you know, a compassionate point of view as well is I think so important, especially when going back to the workplace. I agree. Totally. Totally. Wow. Well, this was quite a chat, Maxine. Um, <laughs> thank you so much thank you. for, for awesome. taking the time and for being so candid and open with us. Um, I really appreciate it. My pleasure.